I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything, yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's, it's so real to this day. I, I I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? (laughs) We did it guys. One that came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Hi, it's Demetrius. Hey, Demetrius, it's Mark. They're in. Nice. Taking it to the next level. Launching phase two of Gable Media on October 7th. 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 Hello. My name is Demetrius. This is Jason. Morning, everyone. And you're listening to Spaces Podcast Express. Thank you for coming back, everyone. I almost forgot our intro. Uh, you didn't almost. You pretty much did. <laughs> <laughs> I would think I'm more concerned with the fact that you almost forgot your name, it seemed like, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, it's a Monday for us, right? Yeah, yeah we're starting off here. Um So, Jason, I wanted to jump into a conversation about mentorship. I've been hearing hearing conversations about this uh, sort of going around. Um, I recently, well, let's see, when was this? Early this year, I went to a fairly local high school. I went to Long Beach, uh, Long Beach Poly, um, which is a kind of a technical school. And I went out and... uh, did a little presentation on architecture and this kind of dovetails into our conversation with Megna last week 
about Project Pipeline and, um, you know, going back to school, high schools to try and get Mm -hmm. them to understand what our industry is all about. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've been trying to do be good with that if I do hear of an opportunity to do so. So I went out and talked to 11th graders, which was very different than what I thought. I thought 11th graders were older when in my in my time I felt like I was a lot older than the 11th graders that I saw then uh so uh the conversation that I had with them or presentation that I did I have no idea how it went <laughs> if it just felt flat or if they enjoyed it or whatever but uh, it was a good experience, at least for me, to get out there. And uh, I did have, like, two kids that were really interested, and one reached out about cool. uh, potentially shadowing me. But uh, unfortunately, the COVID thing happened. But um, So I wanted to jump into mentorship and kind of on a few different levels. Um, one, in the construction world, is there sort of a mentorship – a relationship that you that's sort that of a, that that's sort of apparent in the construction world and and that you personally have um i don't know if there's anything that's apparent i do know you know we've talked about the next gen before um yeah the next gen group that the building industry association has mm-hmm. and they started kind of a mentor program mm-hmm. which um you know trying to really more or less indoctrinate you know, younger professionals and, 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 um, include them into the discussions with some veterans, if you will, and that type of thing. I think it's a little bit more of a forced mentorship, you know, relationship type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the ones that I tend to prefer are a little bit more organic, mm-hmm. right. Um, and then obviously COVID's kind of screwed up a lot of that. It's really hard to get together with people if, if you're doing that. And the funny story was I was actually, I said I would help. And so I was mentoring somebody that was about five years older than I was. So it's kind of an odd, you know, odd deal to get into. Yeah. Um, the, I don't, I think I have in our industry as it relates specifically, I think I have a couple people that I could go to at any point and ask questions and, and, um, you know, life path, um, career path questions of, are they in your company or people no. outside that you've kind of crossed paths yeah. with? Yeah, they're outside and actually they're, they're account, you know, they're accounts of ours or, or relationships I've created over the years mm-hmm. where we actually do business with people. So that's, that's a little sticky, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? To a certain degree, but they, but because we've been together for so long, I've created a really good personal relationship with them as well, which to me, that's business. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, um, I know we're working really, really well when we can actually set the two apart, but, I think in, in, in my life personally, as it relates, I probably have two people, um, that I would consider mentors and, and, and mentorship to me is somebody that I can go to and trust where they'll listen to what I'm saying. They know who I am from a fabric of an individual family, faith, all that kind of stuff and say, look, you know, you might want to consider this. You might want to consider this. And I trust based off of what I know they, t- them to be. Um, that they have my best interest, my family's best interest in mind. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Um, but that is not a very frequent discussion mm-hmm. with me, with, with those two individuals that I would consider mentors. Um, it's probably, we have a conversation once every couple of years, you know what I mean? That might be some of that kind of stuff. And that may just be me mm-hmm. that doesn't go to the well very often, um, to get that guiding, you know, information. But, um, I think that's more or less what, that looks like mm-hmm. right whereas opposed to the other one i think you're just trying to get some help 
you know what I mean? Like in the, what path I'm supposed to go to. So if you take kind of like the, the prince, the, the concept of like the, uh, what was it called in school? Like the guidance counselor. Yeah. Yeah. Like here's your options. You yeah. know what I mean? And here's what you might want to consider. I think a lot of times people confuse those two. Mm. Um, and, and it's like, it's, it's like, no, you need to kind of generate your own path and find somebody that after, and I think the mentor will show itself because they usually end up taking that individual under guidance mm -hmm. on their own. I think that relationship kind of comes to, it's almost like you don't seek it out in my opinion. It's almost like it comes to you yeah. based off of the experience that you're going through, right. Or kind of presents itself that way. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, what do you think? I, I, um, I go back and forth as far as mentorship and sort of just on the job training because like there's always been apprenticeship, particularly in our industry where you're working under somebody and that's how you're learning, just following what they do, picking yep. up through osmosis, um, you know, as much as you can learn. Um, now, now when we think about our current or not, not current, but, um, you know, more recent history, uh, particularly after 2008, when there was a huge, uh, exodus of our industry mm -hmm. of, uh, generation X pretty much. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, a little bit of boomers that just kind of fell off after that last crash. So there's this massive gap in our industry and because of that gap, it puts a lot of pressure on the remaining X, uh, Generation X and remaining boomers. Mm -hmm. They're juggling a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I agree. So they have less time to answer your questions for those that are younger, uh, Generation Y and, and now Z. Um, so there's this loss of on-the-job training in some sense because you're, you're constantly just putting out fires and doing the, your the best you can with very little input, um, very little being, being unable to really follow someone per se, as closely as you would have in the past of like an apprenticeship. Um, so now there's a lot of companies that are trying to introduce these forced mentorship programs. There's organizations doing mentorship programs, I think to supplement that because we're all naturally finding that, we're not getting enough education uh, on the job and mm -hmm. sort of <laughs> the funny thing is uh, I talked to my wife uh, about like in her industry, you see people finding a lot of their answers through Google because they're the person above them doesn't have time to answer their, uh, their questions. So it, it, it creates this weird thing. And that I, I definitely hit that wall where it was like, I felt comfortable with a lot of things that I was running into and I was able to, you know, navigate myself through certain things. Mm -hmm. And then I would hit a point where I would have a question and my direct uh, supervisor wouldn't have the time to answer it or he'd get back to me like a week later or something like that. And in the meantime, I would have to try to Google something and figure out that gap. And I got to a point where I was like, if I'm just doing this basically by myself, I might as well do it by myself. <laughs> and then I started my own practice. Um, I, think, I think there's, I think there's two things I hear in that. Yeah. The first thing is whoever your manager was or the, the person, you know, that you, however you look at that from that chain of command. Yeah. They, they suck. <laughs> I mean, they just, they suck. That's a disservice. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think one of the hardest things, and I'll just speak of this from, from getting to work with a lot of different associates are, you know, no matter what 
I or we have going on in that position. Mm -hmm. Like your job is to help those individuals get better and better and better. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's the hardest thing to be honest with you, because it, it does take a lot of time, but I'm also, I'll say it this way. I'm pretty hard on my team. Mm-hmm. And to the point where if they come to me and, and you know, everybody says there's no stupid question. That's yeah. not true. There's a lot of stupid questions out there and whoever came up with that's a moron. Right. <laughs> but ultimately when they come in here, I challenge them uh-huh. and it's like, okay, have you thought about this? Did you do this? Did you do this first time? Right. Yeah. And the answers are yes, no, whatever the deal is. Right. Okay. Go figure it out. Mm-hmm. Second time they come back. Okay. Did you do what we talked about last time? This or this? No. Okay. Then get out. Mm-hmm. And so it's this learning process that you have to take each individual through. And some will have different ceilings. Don't get me wrong, right? That's just, that's the truth. But you have to spend the time to do that because ultimately what that's going to do and that individual that you're talking about probably doesn't realize it will free up time mm-hmm. for us to do the other things that we need to. So now I'm at the point, especially with one particular associate where I tell, it's a, it's a her, I tell her, I'm like, get out. Mm-hmm. You know how to do all this. I'm not going to do it. You're on your own at this point. Mm-hmm. You're going to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. We will own that together. It's fine, but you do not need to ask me any more questions. I've taught you this. I've watched you do it. We followed it through and whatever, because we've gone through and taken the time when we didn't have the time mm-hmm. to, to help that individual. So now ultimately, and she's doing a great job, I don't have to be involved anymore. Mm-hmm. And so now we can, you know, replicate and, and, and multiply and do all those types of things. So, and, but I wouldn't say I'm a mentor mm-hmm. in that situation either. Yeah. Right. So I think, I think what, when you look at it from a business perspective or from a company perspective, that's just how a, a chain of command should work. Mm-hmm. That individual that's in that position should be one that's looking to um, invest and build associates. Mm-hmm. And if they can't do that, they're not the right person. I don't care what anybody says, mm-hmm. right? You need one CEO or whatever to make an ultimate decision and just say yes or no. Fine. Mm-hmm. I get that. That's okay. But the rest of the stuff, it needs to be some type of build, but outside of that. So take that situation that you're in, there should have been somebody that you went to when you're like, here's my situation. I feel like I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to. I'm not getting the response that I need. I'm on this type of deal what do you suggest? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or I'm feeling I should go do this on my own because I'm doing it on my own anyways. What's the difference and blah, blah, blah. And that individual should know you well enough and have gone through situations in life where they say, look, you're an idiot. You need to figure out a different way or B, if that's really what you're doing and you're telling me the truth and maybe, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That that's the mentor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's the, that's like kind of like the life coach, if you will, in, in that, in that regard, do you, do you see the difference? So, like that, separate, that's how I see it. You're, yeah, you're talking about separate from a chain of command in a company. It's a sort of a, a spirit guide <laughs> or yeah. pro- professional spirit guide. Yeah. I think, I think a little bit, that's how I see it. Yeah. And so the people that, like I said, I, I have friends in the industry, you know, that I've been working with for a long time, they can kind of give me guidance, but the, in, the individual that I was mentioning that I'll talk to every, you know, a couple times a year is completely outside of my industry. Hmm. Yeah. It's like, and I don't want to say life coach because they're not helping me with other, other kind of things, but it's like a trusted like life advisor. Yeah. Right. That generally is he's 20 years older than I am or so. And I can go ask questions and it's different than a parent mm-hmm. because there's bias there. Yeah. You follow what I'm saying? So you need this like completely unbiased idea. And the interesting thing is it's, it's a give and take on both sides because that individual actually like we as humans want to pour into people. Mm-hmm. It's actually an innate ability, like an innate thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And that individual is willing to do that with me because he sees I'll go action it and I actually do things with it. And his time is, is taken, is not taken lightly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he likes pouring into somebody that he can then see succeed. Think of it like a coach and an athlete. Yeah. Right? Same idea. 
So I think a lot of people too want to go and just glean information yeah, and don't really do anything with it and then come back to that individual later like, oh, I'm stuck in the same spot. And you're like, well, how the hell are you stuck in the same spot? <laughs> yeah. you know, that's not how the conversation is going, but that's really what's happening. Yeah. So I would challenge a lot of younger people to say, are you really doing what you're supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And more times than not, I don't feel that that's the case. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's completely a biased opinion. I will own that 100%. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think... I think you bring up a good point that there is a clear difference between mentorship and on the job training mm-hmm. because a mentor has no um mm-hmm. sort of what's the no word skin in the game no skin in yeah, the game yeah exactly yeah they 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 have no uh their your success has nothing to do with their success uh, in the company or that are threat to them in the company or anything, no connection whatsoever. They're Correct. completely outside and have a different perspective of, they know you as a person and they know what you're capable of and can give you insight on and what, can, what your options you, are. They can call you on your shit and you'll respect that too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's a respect both ways. Yeah. And however that was bred, mine, mine was an ex-coach, mm-hmm. right? Was and I still call him coach. And I mean, and and any athlete will understand if you ever had a coach, they're still coach. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what the deal is. But and and in business, you know, he he, I'm probably I've, I'm sure I've outstrided him as far as you know uh, monetary compensation goes, yeah. right? But it has nothing to do with it because when I was an individual and I was an athlete, he coaxed everything out of me that I had never seen before. And yeah. I responded well to him and he only had the best of intentions for me. And even still, so I can go back to him and literally it's like, Hey coach, I need to buy lunch. And can we have a conversation? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I try not to do that. I try to just take him to lunch once in a while anyway. <laughs> yeah. But, but nonetheless, the answer is yeah, because he's genuinely interested because he's invested, you know what I mean? And that type of deal. And I hope to pay that back. You know what I mean? In, in whatever way I can, mm-hmm. you know, when he's asked me to help with this or help with this, the answer is always yes. Um, and it's not a personal thing for him. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's, it's something else. So, I think, I think people need to understand the difference because you have to realize most people are very short minded in, in your professional life. They don't want to, there's very few people like I'm trying to, my, my idea is to train myself out of my job. Mm-hmm. Everybody can do my job or the people I'm training can do my job. The company's better off. Yeah. And ultimately, so will I be. Yeah. You understand? But most people are too short sighted to really understand that. Mm-hmm. And they get more fearful, like you just mentioned, and kind of like, Eh, you know, especially if you're kind of a rock star, yeah. right? You're going to jump right by him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the two have to be separate. Yeah, that makes total sense. So I think maybe companies need to recalibrate as far as the perception of what they're trying to do. Because like I mentioned, all these companies are introducing these um, uh, mentorship programs, but maybe that's not the case and it's not a mentorship program, but just more intentional training. And it doesn't have to be, you know, best buddies within the company, but, you know, just structured training to help bridge that gap that we're finding ourselves in. And I think even like when you look at that, if you were to take it and and put, you know, a senior and a junior on a project, let's say, right, as far as on the job training, guess what, junior, you're going to be saddled with a bunch of shit you probably don't want to do. But you're going to have to suck it up. You're going to have to do it because you'll learn more. You'll get better. And ultimately, you may not get the credit right away because it shouldn't be about credit. The other guy will probably take it if he's that type of a small-minded individual. Yeah. But you'll surpass them later on. It becomes obvious. The guys that outwork and are smart and per- and perform, you can't keep down. Yeah. 
guys and gals, right? I'm yeah. just saying that in general. So you can't keep them down. So I think, I think there's a little bit of an understanding. We used to call it hazing in sports, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to get hazed. Like you're going to, you're going to in, in a professional life too, like there's going to be some stuff that's going to happen that you're not going to enjoy. Yeah. And that doesn't seem fair. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Life isn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think that's one thing we have to keep in mind as well is you have to pay your dues. Yeah. You know what I mean? As you go through and you're not going to jump out of college making six figures right away. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. We've talked about that before. Hmm. You're going to have to pay your dues. But then when you really can look at yourself in the mirror and say, I've done everything I can, then have that trusted individual outside that you can talk to. If you're really hitting, you know, I remember having a conversation with a gal friend of mine multiple times when she was going through this mm-hmm. and hitting a wall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, well, have you tried this? Have you looked at this? Have you had this conversation? Have you, done all, have you expand, you know, have you exhausted all these things before you make the ultimate decision to say it's time to walk away? Mm-hmm. Because you can say that it's not whether or not you're going to get another job. I'm sure you'll land, but are you going to be okay not having this one? And are you ready for that yet or not? Hmm. Interesting. You know what I mean? And, then, and it's not for me to tell her which is right or wrong. It's to ask those questions because I'm not there. She's the only one that knows it. And I can share my own experiences and tell you where things have worked for me and where things worked against me. Yeah. But then ultimately they need to make, make the right decision. So I really think it's a separate thing outside of that. And, and honestly, and you have to learn how to be a good mentor or uh, um, mentee. Yeah. You have to, you have to learn how to be a good mentee before you can be, you know, a mentor in a lot of ways too. So, but it's, I think they're important. I yeah. really do. Yeah. yeah. So I would say for, for our listeners, if you are, you know, looking for more guidance, maybe look at your company of, you know, stepping in in a training capacity and find those outside mentors because they will probably provide the best guidance for you professionally. So we'll wrap here for today. Uh, good conversation, Jason. Thanks again, yeah. as always. Thank you to our listeners for listening. Oh, we have a podcast coming out on uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. That one will be on retail. And then we will talk again here on Thursday. Thanks. This show is part of the Gable Media Network. You can check out similar content at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. You can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star rating and a review on your preferred podcasting app. It helps others find us, and your support is the only way that this show grows. And don't forget to connect with us through our Facebook community, Instagram, and see the random thoughts and articles that we share on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you again for spending some time with us. Talk soon. Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host Patrick McLaney, FAIA former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted 
during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise. From 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK, the three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm.